0: god said i need somebody willing to get up before dawn milk cows work all day in the fields milk cows again eat supper then go to town and stay past midnight at the meeting of the school board so god made a farmer
1: my administration will be focused on three very important words jobs jobs jobs
0: must be a minister a social worker a diplomat a tough guy and a gentleman and of course he'll have to be a genius because he'll have to feed a family
3: And that's right. My name is Scott Adams, and you're listening to The Scott Adams Show. And I'm joined by Leonor Cavoto. We're lucky to have you today, right? You've yeah. been away for a while.
4: Well, just two days, yeah. but I was with you all last week. Sure. Yeah. yeah. While well, we were doing our remote studio.
3: That's right. Well, a lot, lot's been happening um, with... Uh, buyer's remorse in the joe biden world and you, you know, think you, you know you have a problem when ocasio cortez comes out against you
4: well you know i was wondering if hell froze over because we actually agreed with her for a change <laughs> well, first time well i don't know that well when i say we ag- say i agree with her she at least uh wasn't playing politics when she was trying to hold jen saki accountable for the kids in cages as well
3: that's right so um you know what? She she at least is consistent. That's what right. I give her credit for. I give her credit for being consistent, and I like to see that. You know, if a politician says something during one administration, you hope that they say the same thing during the next administration. Yeah. The only problem with the whole immigration and uh, doing away with uh, or, or putting kids in cages, yeah, um, is is really about. Uh, the idea that Trump actually signed an executive order to go move away from that, right? To prevent that from happening, and it it opened up a, a new cans of worms, in a sense that there were some legal ramifications to how you separate families and uh, the catch and release. So, like for yeah. example, uh, if you're forced to separate a family, well, if you sign an order, you can't do that. Then it has a negative implication where it can be exploited that uh that the the person that's perpetrating that family. Yeah. And when I say perpetrating I mean manufacturing or make believing making up a family by you know these uh coyotes and these children for hire uh that get together and forge a family uh to get across the border Th- there were all kinds of exploitations going on. And here we are with the same optics that they were trying to accuse Trump of, but Trump was actually not doing it. So that's where I disagree with Ocasio-Cortez, because Trump signed the executive order to say not to do it. And Kirsten Nielsen was part of that effort to not do it. But the photos they used, of course, we remember with the silver things going around their, their bodies, um, you know, like a marathon runner, those silver right. wraps. Um those are from 2014, those and photos. And that's
4: the narrative that gets hidden, that those were from 2014. Still, when we talk about it seven years later, people forget to mention that part, that it was during the Obama administration, not during the Trump
3: administration. Right. That's absolutely right. So <clears throat> there's a few, um, there's a few uh, tweets in, on social media and in telegrams. I don't know what they, what do you call telegram now? Well, I tellies? mean, what do you, uh, tellies? I don't know. Is uh, that what they call them? I don't know. I don't know. Well, what are you
4: going to say? I tweet. I teller. What do you uh, say? What do you say when you do use parlor? What do you call? I each? don't
3: know. Because uh,
4: parlor is uh, is the verb uh, parlay. It's the it's the verb, French verb to speak.
3: Well, you, you know, know. I open my mouth on Facebook, I get banned. <clears throat> Twitter, I'm walking on eggshells. Telegram, I'm still trying to figure out how to get it to work. Uh, I have four different. Um, t.me t.me slash magapack t.me slash bugle call or bugle call org um, t.me slash red state talk and t.me slash Scott Adams show I think those are the ones we have we have four yeah and it's hard to manage four. four different entities Like that, especially when you're building a nonprofit organization from the ground up, right? right?
4: Exactly, and more to come on that. So, stay tuned for all the work that we're doing on buglecall.org and Maggot. Well, you know, the
3: nice thing is, we're going to have all the members of the board one day, one after the other. Uh, To introduce them, and they can talk about what what is passionate to them, what makes them tick, and why they came aboard the Magapac Bugle Call Train. Why
4: why why they boarded the board?
3: Hmm? Why they why they boarded the board?
4: Why they got on board the board?
3: Uh Aha! Okay,
4: Uh doing a little trick with words.
3: So, Mega, you know, and so it's buyer's remorse for Biden, right? Because he's doing all kinds of stuff. Uh, They don't want him to be in full control of the nuclear codes, for for example, Um, and they're dismayed by uh, his his uh, border policies in terms of uh, you know locking the children up still, right? So there's you know the thing is where are you going to put them though? And he's he's bringing in too many. I mean, too many people are looking at Biden as weak. Iran's looking at Biden as weak. They love John Kerry, John Kerry loves Iran apparently and and then you have uh the fearlessness of the caravans now back. Like like they were under the Obama regime. Sure, because
4: they realize nothing's going to happen to them. Nothing's going to happen. Although there is one piece of good news. You know, the, the judge in Texas that uh, stopped uh, Bi- Biden's ban on d- on deportations temporarily,
3: mm-hmm. that
4: ban has now been stopped indefinitely. So that's also a win. You know, for, you know, for the other side, and
3: then you have this Merrick Garland guy that can't even speak in complete sentences, and he
4: doesn't, uh, and and the and the you know, of course, the uh, money moment was when he didn't know that uh, coming into the country illegal, you know, as an illegal uh, was right. illegal. You know, I'm, I'm not saying that, right? But he's an illegal immigrant to just come into the country that that's illegal. I
3: don't, I don't, <laughs> I mean, yeah, I really don't know what to say about that. I don't have an answer for that. Um, we're going to play that, replay that clip from yesterday. Yeah. Uh, today, uh, but then also Javier Bracera. Yeah. And- Zero medical experience, and he's head of HHS.
4: Right, and particularly right now, we're in the middle of a pandemic. <laughs> middle of the I pandemic. Think, I think past history has shown that the people that have, were in charge of HHS were usually doctors.
3: Yeah, but you know what? This is not about your health. It's about abortions. Right. And and the other one, the Mexico City. Uh, uh,
4: the Mexico City Mexico policy, I think it's called the Mexico City C- policy. or yes, something.
3: yeah. That that was uh, where people were going to Mexico City to yeah. get abortions. Yeah. So Trump put a halt to that, and that's been reversed. So if you if you like abortions, if you uh, on demand, if you love infanticide, you're going to love Joe Biden, but and you're going to love H- Javier Becerra. But Javier if, Becerra if, is if for partial the, birth abortions. But if you care about yeah, right. And it's terrible. And if you care about the pandemic and if you care about public health and if you care about um the price of an EpiPen that that has skyrocketed um then you know you you're not going to like this administration. So you know, people are really missing uh what we had under Trump, the common sense pragmatism that trump wielded uh, how about this how about the mainstream media covering for the president and then also helping him finish his own sentences but then also in the white house press corps the white house press corps is a, is a situation where uh they're not getting the answers that they're looking for yeah and they're starting to filter out you know the questioners and uh there's very little dissent but the dissent that they have is absolutely too much. So there's there's all kinds of censorship at the New York Times. They're firing people left and yeah. right for speaking up. Uh, but then also in these networks, people are losing their, their shows and losing their way. Uh, meanwhile, news, places like Newsmax are making great inroads into... Into the market share that Fox News still holds. so And
4: Fox is doubling down a little bit, particularly in the morning shows, because they see that they're losing some ground. They're, they're doubling down on more conservative messaging.
3: Right. So I tweeted this out this morning uh, in response to Victoria Brownworth it said, Hey, remember when we were all outraged over this because it meant millions of kids could die without one? Without one, Nira T- Tandon was among the outraged. Guess who the center is? So, this was about um, uh, the, the, the EpiPen and Joe Manchin's daughter. Mm-hmm. Remember when she made $19 million by jacking up the prices? Yes. 3,000%. Senator's daughter, Joe Manchin, okay, her, her name is Heather Bresch, mm-hmm. B R E S C H. Mm-hmm. she made $19 million salary by marking up the EpiPen 3,000% got $19 million salary Senator's daughter that's doc, uh, That's uh, Senator Manchin
2: yeah.
3: hey remember when we were all outraged over this because it meant millions of kids could die without one Neera Tanden was among the outraged guess who the Senator is and that's Joe Manchin so even the left are starting to hate Biden policies that kill people. Is what I said. Marjorie Taylor Green, <clears throat> she's talking about COVID. She says Joe Biden's 1.9 trillion bailout is not about COVID nineteen. I love Marjorie Taylor Green. She's so great, and uh, she speaks her mind. And yet, she's not going to get to speak at CPAC. Hmm. I wonder why CPAC is afraid to her on. But you know stage. who
4: is getting to speak? President Trump Sunday in Orlando,
3: one forty-five. Yeah, p.m. Sunday, one four forty-five p.m. Yeah, they. You know, I it's nice it was. That,
4: I originally heard it was later in the day. I guess they changed the schedule.
3: No, no, no. What time did you hear? I, I heard. It
4: was, I heard something like uh, three forty in the afternoon. But it, it, okay, it, it could be. But I, I don't know. It could have changed.
3: No, no, no. I I was going off of memory. My memory isn't always what it used to be. Yeah. So I think that was what it was. But nevertheless, Donald Trump's going to speak and you better believe people are going to listen uh, because they care about their country. And Donald Trump is the most powerful man in the world that cares about America first. That's the key. That's what you have to understand. You have to put it all together and realize there's a lot of great people in the world. Yeah, But Donald Trump is the one man that could actually make a difference. There's a lot of billionaires in the world. There's a lot of rich conservatives in the world, but what are they doing to make a difference for America? Donald Trump has a special quality with respect, and it's the same kind of quality that allowed him to outperform Arnold Schwarzenegger. He had the most, one of the most successful reality TV shows in history, The Apprentice, and after he left it, They had to bring in a big gun and they got Arnold Schwarzenegger, who didn't last two months.
4: Right. They kind of thought that because um, he was uh, a personality that had been both a politician and an entertainer that, you know, they'd have the same success. Lightning would strike twice. Didn't happen. Yet, just to clarify, President Trump will be speaking at 3.40 p.m. at CPAC. All
3: right. 3.40. On
4: Sunday, February 28th. So uh, that, should be, that should be exciting. I, I think it's exciting. I just want to make one more comment about it. I think it's, it's exciting that a lot more conservative organizations are starting to do more in Florida because they're rewarding the state for Well, being the more state's open.
3: outperforming California, and California has the draconian lockdowns. I was yeah. just speaking with somebody yesterday. Who was going to California was Bill Martinez, actually oh, call, yeah. called me yesterday. Yeah. <laughs> Bill Martinez from the Bill Martinez show. show. And so he was talking about these flight restrictions. And, um, and, it, you know, it occurred to me he was going to California and then he was going to be going to Hawaii at some point. And, um, we know that Hawaii requires the, you know, the restrictions, but it was, uh, his trip to California where he needed to take a COVID uh, test, I guess, of some sort before he goes, Yeah, you know, and uh, it's kind of interesting there, you know, in that way um, that you have to take all these precautions, uh, you know, in state in certain states, but not in others. Uh, I guess he was flying jet blue. So jet blue has restrictions that other airlines don't have. There doesn't seem to be this uniformity like in certain states, like in, not in Tennessee, and in Florida, the the restaurants and bars are open, but in other states they're closed still. And you wonder, you know, why they're doing so well. Uh, you have the uh, Mayo Clinic saying we are, we uh, we will we'll have full herd immunity in April, and yet Dr. Fauci, who <laughs> everybody's turning on Fauci right now, Dr. Fauci uh, is basically trying to pawn it off and say 2022 and there's a reason for that and that is uh something that i saw on twitter today as well and that is that the covid is more about stealing the wealth from the middle class and re- redistributing it re- remember joe the plumber yeah uh said said uh you know <clears throat> borrow from you know, peter to pay paul you could always depend on paul's support that was that was Dinesh D'Souza. But uh Barack Hussein said, Yeah, we're gonna spread it around a little bit, you know, make good for everybody. Spread it around means you're gonna get uh you're gonna take some of my money out of my pocket and spend it on yourself. Isn't that what globalism is? Isn't mm-hmm. that what multilateral trade deals are? Isn't that what multi isn't that what multinational corporations have been doing? they've been basically stealing from the exploiting the poor and redistributing the wealth. And as you said
4: stealing from the middle class and you know we hear these stories all the time. I just heard one yesterday of a friend who has a retail store who's had to shut her store down. And because because of no traffic. Right. I mean she's found, she's found another She's 20 years in the business. Yeah, and she and she's found another way. <clears throat> she's going to do some type of mobile um, store short term but you, but it's because of, you know, not enough foot traffic. You know, you're not going to be able to pay the rents and things, and and there and there's more and more businesses like that, restaurants, retailers. Covid. The reason why they're
3: going to extend Covid is because they want more of crushing the middle class, and it's no secret that in 2020 the data is out uh, that that the middle class working American. And remember when we got got back from Italy a couple years ago? Yep. The middle-class working American is getting crushed and I said the one thing is that I I noticed when we were in Italy it was my first time back in Europe in 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 at least a decade and uh, I was looking at all that and I said uh, to myself something feels different and I was on this train and I've told this story before but it's a true story so it's going to remain consistent and I was think- contemplating thinking, I do a lot of thinking on trains and in airports, yeah and stuff. me too um and uh you have
4: time to think
3: yeah, and I love those moments of reflection and mm-hmm. um in this one, I was thinking about the middle class, and I felt like I needed to ask directions and or help with something in terms of interpretation uh because I don't speak italian, and uh i uh I was, was almost afraid to you know, tap somebody yeah. and, and ask them for help because they were so much with their head in a book or head down. They were so introverted. They weren't ex, ex, uh, expressive. And I said uh, they seem more like they are sort of like cowardly or beaten mm-hmm. down or they're not compelled to speak because they don't mm-hmm. have a voice. Mm-hmm. It was that kind of feeling. And I felt like, wow, the middle class, uh, you know, that's, what, that's how it works. That's how you crush the middle class. You get them so that they're, they're so low self-esteem. They're so mm-hmm. not confident they're, that they're afraid to speak. Mm-hmm. They're not empowered. They're weak. And they're afraid to say something. They're afraid to make a wrinkle or get in trouble. Uh, and, and that's the thing. And we see this footage of people throwing a house party for New Year's Eve and in, in Canada and the police storm their doors, Yeah, you know, and police are storming places in, in Europe and, and here in America where you'll be arrested if you violate, uh, COVID laws and the churches, there was this report and we're going to go up to my social media thread. And a lot of this was in there. Where churches are more fearful of the government than they are of God to reopen their doors and give a sermon. okay? Yeah. That's pretty sad. So think about that, folks. Think about what they're doing. And think about that redistribution of wealth because it's the middle working middle class. If you have a strong, vibrant, working middle class that's paying taxes in a broad tax base, that is basically like Brick and mortar—that's mm-hmm. like a house with a great foundation, right? Yeah, that house is not going to blow down. I'm going to blow your house down. Well, that's a that house isn't blowing down. That's not a—that's not a house of cards built on sand, right? To quote Leonora, yes. Um,
4: I don't think I was the original on that. I just happened to like it.
3: You, you originated for me, though. I remember it was a couple of years ago you said that on the on Well, they, air.
4: they talked about and that a lot. They talked that about that a lot with um, the financial um, meltdown in 2008, that all those yeah. mortgages were, were a house of cards built on yeah. sand.
3: So Marjorie Taylor Greene says, Joe Biden's $1.9 trillion bailout is not about COVID-19. It sends $12 billion to foreign countries. What? Yeah. Only spends five percent on schools in tw- in in twenty one in twenty twenty one, and gives millions to the National Endowment of for the Arts, National Endowment for the Humanities, and Institute of Museum and Library Sciences. And the know- way they get to do that is they get to say, "Well, we're going to give you all kinds of purell and blah 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 money for all this." They never spend it on that. They spend it on on salaries and cutting costs you know what i I think i
4: I think the irony of this whole thing is you've got the left that's keeping a lot of places shut down so your theaters your concerts all those places are all shut down but they want to keep people on staff so they're so they're applying you know they're applying for this government funding because they do get grants and things i mean they got it before covid but this is that's that's the hypocrisy of the whole thing these are the organizations that are continuing to uh the, the the covid scenario continuing the Lockdown, but they want to hold on to their to their staff, so they're asking for a handout.
3: Right. Well, we're going to take a caller. Caller, you're on the air.
1: Hey, morning, guys.
4: Good morning. Listen,
1: listen I uh you know I got into it with a uh with a store manager at a Vons recently, and uh, I was at the uh, the line, the checkout, and I got all the way to the register, and I had I had a bandana on, and I had it under my nose, and the lady tells me put it up over my nose and I said uh, you know listen, it's hard for me to breathe can you, can you just tell me my stuff so I can go? and she immediately signals over to the manager the manager comes over and says you gotta put it on your nose or you gotta leave and I said Where, where's he's like it's the law I said where's the law show me the law none of these people can show you the law you know what he came out with I make the law
3: <laughs> oh wow
4: Wow!
1: So that's where they come from. That's where they come from.
3: That's hospitality. They
1: don't care. Yeah, they don't care about their customers.
3: What happened to the and I customers? Told everybody always everybody right. In the
1: store, <laughs> I told everybody in the store. I said, "Listen, this is how these people feel about you. They don't value your service, your your customer service. Your they
3: don't value their yeah. customers at all. It's sad. They
1: think they've got us by the short and curlys. And that we've got no choice but to acquiesce to their demands. And I, I asked the guy, I said, where is it on your sign outside that you can refuse service for not wearing a mask? Why don't you put that on your sign? And he had no, no answer for it.
3: See, you, so ought, to, you ought to get, get together. get can put that in writing. You ought to get about 12 people together and signs that say that the, the manager inside this store is a jerk. <laughs> you know, or 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 yeah, ask, a be- I, I have a couple guy, of better I said, words. How, I
1: said, "How far are you going to go? How far are you going to uh, bully and intimidate your customers so that you can stay in business?" Right. You know what? what what's a bridge too far? Everybody are you ha- force everybody to wear two masks. See, are you going to force everybody to wear diapers? What? Can, what is this?
3: Can you tell us what store that was?
1: Uh, it was the Vons in Coronado Island.
3: Is that a chain?
1: Uh, Vaughn's
3: uh, grocery store, yeah. I, I yeah, I've never heard of it, but <laughs> we're East Coast. You must be—you're in, in California, right? It's
1: like uh, I think it's—I uh, think it's part of uh, Albertsons or Ralph's.
3: Or oh, something. I see. Well, you know, I mean, at some yeah. point, people need to stand up. Either you see, that's the beautiful thing about a small mom and pop shop—they're a member of the community, right? They're a part of the community, and. You know, uh, they depend. They're not so um, reinforced by multi. They appreciate their. Yeah.
1: They appreciate their customers.
3: Right, and so what has to happen is the business owners need to actually side with the consumers, the, their customers, and you know, and basically hey, look heard,
1: at. Have you, yeah. have you heard about some of these places that are going? They're saying you know masks not required, and their business is booming.
3: Right. Yeah. Well, you know what? Actually, there was a guy. Uh, he had an Italian restaurant out there um, in uh, Huntington Beach, and um, he wanted to go on our billboard in New York City. And the billboard was uh, drop the uh, leave the mask, take the can- cannoli. The
4: play on the Godfather. Yeah,
3: and it was a play on the Godfather. <laughs> and uh, Ripley's Believe It or Not, uh, which is the landlord of our billboard. Uh, banned it and said said they he couldn't run it and i thought that was ridiculous and so we got censored on that we've gotten censored several times on our billboard it's a tumultuous relationship right now in terms of uh you know what we're doing but we we still love our billboard but yeah we we uh been feeling it direct you know as well um you know the censorship.
1: Yeah. It's you know these people they have they they don't uh, they they don't suffer any consequences for what they're doing. Yeah, that's the problem.
3: Yeah, that's right. You and know,
1: people, there's nothing. They, they're acting in, invincible.
3: I know, I know, absolutely. Well, thank you so much for calling in today. Thank you. All right. All right, Bye bye.
4: Yeah, you know, I was just thinking about that with that whole situation about the mask. I mean, you know. Since people have to wear them, I think we could develop a little bit more of a sense of humor about them. It doesn't mean we're not being dis- we're not being respectful of people's um, health, etc. It just shows that we're um, finding a way to cope with the situation. No, but that,
3: these people that are so anal about like it's uh, like a centimeter below your nose. Oh, there
4: are a lot of people like uh, that. call the
3: manager and you know make a big deal out of it. Uh, yeah, the, you know the, the amount of wind that was actually being blown in that debate and discussion and argument. Yeah. Uh, probably you know, just like the police that broke down the guy's house for throwing a New Year's Eve party. Um,
4: what do you have? Be- what does the police have? The nothing guy wasn't better wearing.
3: The police officer wasn't wearing a mask. Yeah, uh, go figure. I mean, it's like you don't care about health. You care about this stealing of wealth from the middle class to the big tech giants and the elite. And we're going to read about this in a second here, and. Emeril Robinson, who I really like a lot, uh, she's part of Newsmax. She said, she said, Dr. Fauci has done more to discredit the field of public health policy than anyone who has ever lived. Is that true or false? True or false?
4: Well, it's sounding true to me. I think it's true.
3: (laughs) Meghan McCain, I'm over Dr. Fauci. Wow. Meghan McCain. Yeah. No name McCain. Yeah. The Daily Wire is one of... Oh, so it says... Um, so that's that's what she... And Senator Rand Paul chimed in and said, Same. I agree. And he's a doctor. I'm totally over Dr. Fauci. Um, Emerald Robinson also said, <clears throat> The GOP Senate leader, Mitch McConnell, wants to support Merrick Garland, Biden's choice for attorney general after Garland, said that he didn't know whether entering the USA illegally was a crime... The GOP is not even pretending to be an opposition party when out of power. Yeah. they're not even pretend. They're unbelievably I know, spineless. I
4: don't know how you could potentially have been considered for the Supreme Court five years ago and not know that not know this. I know I I tripped over my words when I was trying to explain yeah. it before, but I it boggles my mind no. that he would not know that coming into the United States okay. is uh, illegally. Let me is
3: unboggle a your mind. Yeah, It's all politics.
4: Well, of course it's all politics. He,
3: he's smarter than that.
4: So he's just playing dumb during the
3: questioning? He's playing dumb, yeah, because he can't answer it. Yeah. He doesn't want to answer it. Yeah, You know, he can't handle the truth. <laughs> I, I don't understand I, how that helps <clears> him. <throat> what?
4: I don't understand how appearing stupid... Because he
3: needs the Democrat votes. If he says something that's pragmatic and right, yeah. then... Basically, uh, once the Democrat uh, supports him, his confirmation, that Democrat's going to have to answer to the radical left mob yeah. that votes for them. Yeah. See, that's just it. It's it's gotten to the point where we don't even have a left wing anymore. We have a radical left liberal whatever. You know, I mean, it's it's a joke. I mean, Antifa. I mean, they've already had... Uh, We're going to play a couple of clips today as well. Uh, The debunking of um, January 6th. And uh, they they have intel that says it was Antifa. And, and, you know, it's boring to talk about stuff that we've been talking about since day one and no. Right. But they're just now figuring it out, you know, in the wake of uh, their second failed attempt at impeaching Donald Trump. Um, So what does the GOP stand for? Apparently it stands for the enthusiastic endorsement of the ideological opponents who want to aggressively prosecute and censor Republican voters. So, inbox North Carolina Senator Tom Tillis says he will vote to confirm Merrick Garland as the next US Attorney General. Are you kidding me? Are you kidding me? Let's take a listen to Merrick Garland, okay? Shall we? Shall we do that? Let's we see. We shall. So Merrick Garland is basically this buffoon that can't speak in complete sentences, and um, it's it's absurd. So I'm trying to find it, and while I'm finding it— And while
4: you're finding it, we just got an alert. The uh, vote on Neera Tanden, her, the committee vote was has been postponed because her nomination is a little bit in trouble. So, uh, yeah, I mean, who's, who's near attended? Office, uh, I think she's supposed to be in charge of the Office of Management and Budget. I think that's the, the spot that she would be getting. But she said a lot of controversial things in the past. Uh, so her nomination is um, is in trouble. So, again, we're starting to see a pattern with some of these Biden nominees that, you know, that They're not necessarily qualified to do the job. We were talking about Javier Becerra a little bit ago about, you know, he doesn't know enough to – to be head of health and human services, uh, being the attorney general of California doesn't qualify him for, for this specific position, particularly in a circumstance where we're in a pandemic. And you know, it's funny. Some somebody, somebody on Twitter got in, got into it with I think it was Sean Davis from the Federalist who said who compared him to <coughs> Tom Price, and he said, "Well, Tom Price is a doctor."
3: You know yeah, who right. um,
4: served on the same committee. So
3: I have the Garland piece. Right, this is listen. who Tom Tillis thinks is going to be a great attorney general. Tom yeah. Tillis, you know the guy that won by the could barely beat a three-time adulterer, right, in North Carolina. Yeah, and he won because uh, he was such a lousy candidate, but he, he won six more years in the in the Senate, uh, thanks to Donald Trump. And here's Here's what he has to say to the Republican Party and the GOP, Tom Tillis, who voted, who is enthusiastically supporting Merrick Garland. Yeah. Now Merrick Garland was asked the question about American borders legal. You know, uh, here's a, it says here the U.S. Attorney General nominee doesn't know the laws uh, on crossing the American borders legally or illegally. Our country is doomed. All right, so. Here we go. this is Merrick Garland <clears throat> answering that question. Talk a bit more about the law and once we get our sound right, here we go.
0: Talk a little bit more about the law enforcement challenges at the border, which I know a number of other members have brought up with you. Just a, a fundamental question. Do you believe that illegal entry at America's border should remain a crime?
2: Well, I haven't thought about uh, that question, uh, uh, I just haven't thought about that question. I, I, I think, uh, you know, the, the President has uh, made clear that we are a country of uh, with the borders and with a concern about national security. Um, I don't know of a proposal to uh, decriminalize but still make it uh, unlawful to enter. I just don't know the answer to that question, I haven't thought about it. Um, it, will you continue to
0: prosecute un, unlawful border crossings?
2: Well, uh, this is again a, a, a question of allocation of resources. Um, um, we will; uh, uh, the, uh, the department uh, will uh, uh, prevent unlawful um, uh, crossing. Um, I don't know. I, you know, I, I, I have to admit, I just don't under, uh, Know exactly what the conditions are and how this is uh, uh, done. I think if. Um, um, I don't know what the current program even is with respect uh, to this. Um, if they're, um, so uh, I, I assume that the answer would be yes, but I don't know what the... I don't know what the, if was guest, know
4: what the current program is. Did you hear all is? the, uh uh Yeah. Did, did
2: you, if he was a guest on the Scott Adams
3: show, I would cut his mic and call a medic. <laughs> Honestly. I mean, that... That, that's not even coherent.
4: He, well, and again, as an attorney general, you would think he would be more articulate. And again, you have to remember that this man was considered for the Supreme Court five years ago. But the, the whole point was he says, I don't know what the current program is. That's another way, as we've already said, of saying that I don't know whether it's legal or not legal to cross into this country you know, uh, without going through the proper channels. I don't so, know if it's a crime to come into this country illegally. So
3: I don't know which was worse. That guy, the bumbling idiot, you know, I, I can't get over how lame these people are. And they're stuttering and they're answering two plus two. How much is two plus two, sir? And when you know that somehow you you can't give the answer four because right. that's the right answer. Right. You gotta give an answer like six point eight. It depends
4: on what the plus sign means. Right. So
3: now you gotta you you gotta do like quasi math to try to figure out how two plus two is not four, right? And that's why he's stuttering because he's playing you know, God bless Ocasio Cortez, because she didn't pick she's not on the Merrick Garland chapter of lying political speak and lying and double speak and talking out of both sides of your mouth. I mean, she's so, you know, one-dimensional, Ocasio-Cortez, for lack of a better word, um, that, you know, she just kind of says things off the cuff that don't make any sense. But at least she's consistently ignorant to... These issues,
4: or as you or as you said to me off the air, she hasn't uh, developed a more sophisticated form of um, form lying. of lying. Exactly, yeah. you cut, you stepped on my punchline. Oh, sorry, yeah. I, I'm sorry about that. <laughs> That's okay. Uh,
3: all right, let's listen to Ted Cruz talking about Javier Becerra,
0: and you know you were talking about extreme nominees. Javier Becerra is an example of that. The Biden administration likes to talk about their science based and and their priority is stopping COVID. Well, Javier Becerra has been nominated to be the Secretary of Health and Human Services. He's not a doctor. He has no scientific background. He has no background in virology. He's never worked at a pharmaceutical company. He's got nothing to do with health care. But what is he? He's a trial lawyer. And And his only experience, as far as I can tell, with health care is he sued the little sisters of the poor, and, and if a Republican nominated a trial lawyer to lead the Health and Human Services Department in the midst of a global pandemic, they'd be laughed Less. out of the room because it would be absurd. And yet the Biden administration's focus is on paying off the liberal special interests, not on being based on the science and defeating the pandemic
3: i guarantee you also that javier procera has some connections with the dominion voting machines
0: oh i'm sure
3: and the legal ramifications and the skirt around and the maneuvers that you have to do to rig elections i guarantee it uh and that's just a bet that's a bet but uh you know, Dave Smith says, The tragedy of the woke takeover is that it destroyed the left. The country could use a good left wing. The longest wars in our history, rampant corporatism, civil liber- liberties violations, all go unnoticed because all of the outrage is focused on some actor tweeting the wrong thing. And, you know, that's a good point. Jeremy Carl said, This isn't a problem of the modern left. It's the point of the modern left. That's exactly what their playbook is. And I want to read this one, too. This is pretty good. About Pacera. So, you know, in response to the Ted Cruz, this person, uh, Don Byers says, Pacera served for 24 years in the House and was a senior member of the committee that sets health care policy. You voted And then they're talking about Ted Cruz. You voted to confirm Tom Price, whose qualifications was 12 years in the House, the same committee. Becerra is twice as qualified. Would it kill you to stop lying? Right. So that was um, Representative Don Byer, a liberal, libtard, who gets beat down by Sean Davis, a writer for the Federals. Yeah. Tom Price is a doctor, you dummy. Pretty sure an orthopedic surgeon knows more about health care than a career left-wing politician who sues nuns because they refuse to pay for abortions. Well, and if, you,
4: and if you look and if you look back at the past health and human services secretaries, they haven't all been doctors, but they've had right. some health care experience.
3: Right. So John Cordill wrote something kind of cool. He says, does Merrick Garland not get that burning down a courthouse at night prevents its function during business hours the next day or that illegal immigration is illegal? I had to sleep on the enormity of his answers. <laughs> yeah, and Emerald Robinson wrote this. She says, Democrats, everyone should unite behind Biden. Also Democrats, let's nominate someone to run HHS who likes to sue the little sisters of the poor. <laughs> And <laughs> who also, likes the yes. also Emerald Robinson wrote, "The big tech oligarchs canceled parlor, so now Democrats want to cancel Newsmax. That's the unity they seek. Yeah. Total conformity with their ideas. Uh, and then Emerald Robinson responded to Julie Kelly, who was talking about uh, Justice Thomas's dissent. And the dissent we're talking about is related to the PA, hearing the PA case, yeah. right, in the conference, and says, so this is Je- uh, Justice Thomas's dissent related to the PA, hearing the PA case. Mm-hmm. And again, it was Lito, Gorsuch, and Thomas that yes. dissented. Mm-hmm. You only needed four, yeah. not not five of the nine, only four of the nine to yeah. hear the case, and unbelievably Amy Coney Barrett yeah and Brett Kavanaugh Brett Kavanaugh and and and, you know for that matter even John Roberts John Roberts yeah you know these are supposed to be conservatives on the bench what the heck happened what has happened to conservatism today why can't everybody just take a cue from Donald Trump and realize that he's right that he represents the American value and that he is right Justice Thomas wrote, writes <clears throat> one wonders what this court waits for. We failed to set we failed to settle this dispute before the election and thus provide clear rules. Now we again fail to provide clear rules for future elections. The decision to leave election law hidden beneath a shroud of doubt is baffling. Yeah. By doing nothing, we invite further confusion. An erosion of voter confidence. Our fellow citizens deserve better and expect more of us. I respect li- f- respectfully dissent. Man, I, I got to tell you, I, it's the first time I've read that, actually. And, um, wow. I, I have to say, that was a brilliant piece of writing right there. So Emerald Robinson re- responded that, and she said, this is not the conservative court that Americans were promised Barrett and Kavanaugh already look too weak to be taken seriously. The Federalist. Now, this is the part that I thought was important about this post. The Federalist society is a joke. I want to say that again. The Federalist society is a joke. The entire facade of institutional conservatism is now crumbling before our eyes. And that is the part I think that people need to take home is that President Trump before he was elected in 2016 said I'm going to put together a list and the Federal Society is going to sign off on it. And he put together this list of judges and the Federal Society sanctioned off and said these are true conservative values. And I dare say that Justice Thomas speaks for me and that uh, Amy Coney Barrett and Brett Kavanaugh are politicians wearing black robes, and it saddens me to say that because I'm really, really disgusted that uh, they ca- they went they ran counter to what you just heard from Justice Thomas. Justice Thomas, <clears throat> everything he said, he couldn't have said it any better. Yeah. And I just read it. And uh, if you want to hear it again, you know, of course, check out the podcast. But uh, it's absolutely important that we have free and fair elections. Uh, Our country depends on it. Yeah.
4: Because people aren't going to vote if they don't feel that their vote matters, and and that's what one of the things that we stand for with, and also with our again with the nonprofit, yeah. election integrity is one of our areas of focus.
3: So Thomas Massey wrote something wonderful. He said about Fauci, he says, once you realize the personal ethical standards of policymakers like Dr. Fauci and many of those at the CDC lead them to comfortably misrepresent scientific data in order to achieve public policy goals, it it is not just your prerogative to question their science, it's your duty. I want to read that one more time. Once you realize the personal ethical standards of policymakers like Dr. Fauci and many others at the CDC lead them to comfortably misrepresent scientific data in order to achieve a public policy goal, It is not just your prerogative to question their science. It's your duty. Okay, that's really important because they're up to something. Yeah. And they're up to no good. And we got to step up and we got to fight.
4: And we also have to remember that as citizens, the government, the elected officials, they work for us. We have a voice.
3: Emerald Robinson wrote this. The purpose of lockdowns is not to stop the spread of coronavirus Obviously, but to transfer the wealth of America's middle class to the tech oligarchs. And that's why the Biden administration wants more of them, yeah. more lockdowns. And then Emma um, Robinson said by his example, Pastor James Coates has shamed so many Christian ministers who are still afraid to ho- open their churches because they fear their government more than their God. And so there was a reporter on January 25th, It was uh, Emeril Robinson, she asked this question. I want you to all hear it.
4: Uh, go ahead, all the way in the back, all the way in the back. Hi. Okay. Thank About you. China. To, sir, go ahead. Thanks, Jen. Um, in an executive order that the president signed last week, he also suspended a Trump administrative, administration executive order that was particularly aimed at keeping foreign countries, specifically China, from interfering in the U.S. power grid. But he suspended that for 90 days in that executive order last week. Given what you said about China today, why did he do that, especially related to something so critical to our national security as the power grid? I'll have to. I think the president's view on, on our relationship with China, I, I uh, tried to do my best to convey to all of you. I'll have to check on that specific piece, and we'll, we'll circle back with you directly. Okay. Go ahead
3: more circling back on a question that important yeah I don't know how you cannot answer that question they,
4: there's certain things they should be able to answer
3: so so that's a question too where it actually I think um, when Biden signs a 90day moratorium on uh, China being able to take you know participate in our electrical grid or power grid mm-hmm. I think also that has that will if you if you dig into that, you're going to find that there's a connection with voting machines as well. Yes. Uh, voting machines that require electricity. So <clears throat> it gives them jurisdiction. And with jurisdiction, you can, you can um, have plants and corruption. So there it is. Uh, so, you know, Terry, Terry's been writing in today. And he said, Parlor is Twitter lite. Soros is getting involved. Um. Yeah, and that's the that's the shame of it too. Is uh, we're seeing that once um, the liberals get yeah.
4: involved with it, they ruin it.
3: And uh, <laughs> and so, um, in any case, uh, we we're going up the up the social media tree before we head out of Dodge today. Uh, Pastor James Coates is in prison for preaching. His wife was asked what can be done to help. Her reply: Open your churches, never close them again ever at all costs. Okay, let's listen.
5: I'm so thankful that you guys are all here. Um, This is so overwhelming. And to see all of your faces, this is such a sweet joy and uh i know my husband is fighting for freedom but more he's fighting for the lordship of christ over his church and i really encourage you to go and listen to his last sermon and the role of government in the in the church it's the the last sermon he did on february 14th it's on the grace life youtube channel go and listen to that and circulate it everybody needs to hear what is the role of government and what is the role of church in society and so i again thank you all for being here um, people keep asking us, what can you do for us? Open your churches. Yeah. Petition the men to open your churches. Take a stand for the Lord Jesus Christ and take a stand for the people. Love them. Open the doors. That's what we need to do right now. People are hurting. They need to hear about Christ. They need to hear about him who has um, paid the penalty for sin so that they can be reconciled to God. And so I just, I hope that happens through all of this. Open the doors of the churches. Yeah your hearts out to the Lord, love one another, practice the one another's, and be kind to those who oppose us, because we're doing this in love, and they're not going to understand it, they didn't understand Christ, they won't understand us either, but that's okay, because we love them anyway, so go on, my brothers and sisters, uh, with boldness, proclaim the gospel, use every opportunity to share what he has done in your life and who he is, because there's eternal souls at risk right now. And so I just thank you all for being here. Thank you so much. It's, you. I can't thank you enough. Thank you.
3: We need more of that and less Dr. Fauci. Yeah, exactly. That's for sure. Um, I also want to um, get to this. Uh, so it says, The amount of Christians saying James Coates wasn't arrested for preaching is truly astonishing. The conditions of his release include not being on church property and not preaching. That should tell you everything you need to know. So the amount of Christians saying James Coates wasn't arrested for preaching is truly astonishing. The conditions of his release include not being on church property and not preaching. Tell me that isn't that's you know basically saying you can't preach, right? Absolutely absurd. People need to hear more of the. The news media is not talking about that case. I also want to get into this one. This is important too. Before we um, run out of time, I don't think they. Are going to get any pillows out of this? Is what Alec Dershowitz said. Mike uh, Alan Dershowitz defends Mike Lindell in Dominion 1.3 billion dollar lawsuit against him. And I don't think we're going to have enough time to play the clip. Let's just see how long that clip is. Um, but basically, he's saying that they're not going to get that much. Folks, uh, this is too. This is too long. So sorry about that. Um, but in any case, Dershowitz's fine, conclusion is I don't think they're going to fare well in that trial. Also, um, there is testimony uh, with respect to another Democrat narrative goes up in flames. Ex-Capital Police Chief Stephen Sun says he, and intel, he had intel Antifa was part of the January 6th attack. Uh, good news against Kinsinger. You got this beautiful woman named Catalina Luff, is running for Congress against Never Trumper Adam Kinsinger in Illinois. We're gonna Magapac and Bugle Call, Magapac.org, BugleCall.org. We're gonna be on that, and we're gonna be pushing her um, because anytime we can take out an Adam Kinsinger in the primary, anytime we could take out. Uh, Lisa Murkowski in a primary or Liz Cheney in a primary, we're going to do it. And uh, so that's that. Um, also, I want to read this as well. And that was, there, well, there was actually two bits with regard to the ex Capitol Police Chief, Stephen Sund, who said that Antifa was part of the January 6th but also that it was not an insurrection is the other one that he said. And uh, I don't have that excerpt there, but that brings us to the uh, end of our of the Scott Adams Show. And we want to thank everybody for tuning in today. Be sure to check out scottadamshow.com for uh, the uh, podcasts that we'll put up right after the show. And also um, check out the YouTube page Uh, If you go to scottadamshow.com, the YouTube page is right there. And you can check it out. And Be sure to, if you're going to buy a MyPillow and support Mike Lindell, uh, be sure to use the coupon code or the discount code REDSTATE. And that's our code. And then check out the progress that we're making over at buglecall.org. We have our donate page running and operating right now. So that's good news, and we're still making a lot of progress. There's still work to be done on that. But uh, that's what we're doing these days. We're trying to fight the good fight. Uh, and with that, my name is Scott Adams.
4: My name is Leonora Cravetta.
3: And we'll see you next time on the radio. Bye-bye now.